0: Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. (laughs) Say it again. The title of today's sermon is Mercy. what I wrote down here was sin, mercy, and elders. I have 16 minutes left. I'm going to steal a little bit of your time this afternoon. But not too long, I promise. How many of us remember what we covered last week? I just need one person. Conditions, conditions for what? Conditions for Miracles, thank you. And who can tell me one thing they took away from last week? Authority. Good. Okay. Alignment. Faith is for the unbelievers. Good. Today, I know last week we touched a little bit on mercy. And today, I want us to dig a little deeper into mercy. Yes, most of the things Jesus Christ did, he did on authority. But through the week, the Lord let me understand that most of what he did by authority was because he did not have time. Are you with me? Most of the miracles he did, he did on the basis of authority because he did not have time. He only had three and a half years to complete an assignment. But for you and I, we have time what Jesus did in three and a half years he spread it across, across millions of us across thousands of years Jesus could operate on authority because he did not have time but and also because he was God but for you and I as much as we operate in authority God also, Jesus also wants us to understand the place of process Amen are you still with me? Jesus wants us to understand the place of what? Process. And in the process of miracles is something called mercy. Mercy is a grace. is one of the graces of God. The graces of God are the virtues of God. Love is not a grace. Love is who God is but his graces are the things he has placed, he has created in and within himself to relate with man and to allow man relate with him. Mercy is a grace. That is why angels don't obtain mercy. Angels don't enjoy mercy. If the angels enjoyed mercy, then Lucifer will be forgiven. I've said this here before. So mercy is what God has set in place in the, in the school of miracles for you and I to understand the place of process. Because there are some things in our lives, like we covered last week, that we can deal with in authority, but there are some things you will shout all you want and can all you shout, but nothing will change. Because there has to be a process that must be followed for you to receive your miracle. Amen? Amen? I'll use an example. If you go gather up $100,000 debt, some of us, we've gathered that much debt because, of course, we do need it for what we are pursuing. Um, I know one of us here, not to throw anybody out on the spotlight, my sister back there, medical doctor. I'm sure she has some medical debt. But that debt was not something she just went to rack up because she felt like racking up debt. She racked up the debt because she had to go to school. Yes or no? But now can she receive a miracle and that debt be wiped off? But here's the thing. In such a miracle, she cannot shout that miracle into existence. That miracle takes the mercy of God. It takes God having compassion towards you to be like, you know, my son or my daughter... I don't think time should allow you to pay this debt off. I want to take away the process of time and allow you to pay this debt off now. And in such a period, what happens is God defies time. Mercy is the tool, the requirement within God that allows God to defy time. Amen? So by the mercy of God, whatever it is that you're looking unto God... And it is bound by time. By his mercy, I remove time from the equation. You need to graduate in five years. I remove time. And I tell you, graduate in five semesters. Okay, let's go rush through this quickly. What is sin? Sin is an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. That is sin. What is mercy? Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's one's power to punish or harm. So it is within God's power to relieve you. It is within God's power to punish you. It is within God's power to leave you where you are or bring you out from where you are. That is why it's called mercy, because it's within his power. The same way if someone were to slap you and you're slapping the person back and you decide to show the person mercy and not slap the person back is because it's within your power to do that. Someone comes to ask you, please, I need $50. And you say, I will give you $50. You are showing the person mercy because it's within your power to show mercy that is why we are like God God created us in his image God can love us we can love others God can speak in faith we can also speak in faith because we are like God in fact we are not like God we are gods with a small g don't put a big g behind it and get prideful who is an elder an elder is a person of greater age than someone specified an elder is someone who has ad, who has advanced in age and then i make added this an elder is someone who has an advantage over you by experience an elder is someone greater a person greater a person of greater age than someone specified an elder is someone who, who is advanced in age but also add, that an elder is someone who is, has an advantage over you by experience. I am here. My sister Yenny is back there, but she's an elder with she's an elder over me in physical therapy. If you come to me for physical therapy, I'm sorry, I'll break your bones. <laughs> There's no amount of prayer I can pray that will make me that will make her not be an my elder as far as physical therapy is concerned. Am I making sense? Because she has the advantage of what? Experience. So when we are talking about elders in the ministry, which we'll address later, there is something that makes an elder an elder as far as the work of God is concerned. I see my time has disappeared. I was literally looking at it. There are ten commandments. Ten commandments God gave. But I want to let you understand this afternoon that as far as the commandments, the ten commandments are concerned, there are some things outside there that has kept a lot of people bound for years. Let me ask a question. Is there anywhere in the ten commandments that it says thou shall not borrow? So why is it now that when you borrow, you want God to do a miracle? But I thought borrowing is not bad. It's not the Ten Commandments. So why now do we feel that it's within God's power to redeem us from something that we fell into by ourselves? Because somewhere in Scripture, he says, thou shalt not be borrowers, for a borrower is servant to the lender so I'm here to tell you that it's not just the ten commandments disobeying the ten commandments that makes anything sin but any instruction that God gives you the moment you disobey it, it is counted for you as sin but here's the difference God does not count something to you as sin if you've not come to the knowledge of it there are some things I can do today and God will say make this for you this is sin But if Kennedy here does it, God will overlook it like Kennedy did nothing. And the challenge for most of us is what you're going through that you're praying and asking God, God, I need a miracle in this. You took your two legs by yourself and walked into it. Because at some point in your life, there was an instruction God gave you that was very specific. Or you disobeyed it. No one is bound. No one can be in bondage except there is a legal hold over you. I repeat, no one can be bound except there's something legally holding you. I cannot walk up to my brother here and hold him on his pocket and say, Give me my wallet. Meanwhile, my wallet is in my pocket. But if for some reason he owes me $5,000 and I call him and hold him and I say, Give me back my money, guess what? Even if he tries to run away, he knows within himself that I have every legal right to hold him. A lot of infirmities and sickness that the church goes through today is because the enemy has a legal hold to have that sickness in that person's life because there was an instruction God gave the person at first that the person disobeyed so the enemy came in because the Bible also lets us know do not break the hedge because if you break the hedge the serpent will come in and bite you so for a lot of people they've broken the hedge but here's the thing they've gone back to God and they've asked God for forgiveness but here's the thing that moment that the hedge was broken something has happened so now you look at your life and you say "Oh, I don't know all of a sudden I'm having back pain check your life that back pain started after you after disobeyed that back pain is not ordinary but for most of us we go into the place of authority and start shouting every back pain that has been put on me by the enemy die, die, but here's the thing that back pain cannot die because there's a legal hold that you've not addressed until you address that legal hold, until you go back into the place of prayer and say Lord I obtain mercy by the Lord Jesus Christ that every legal hold over my life is broken, then now you can speak over the sickness, and then the sickness will go because the sickness is looking at the contract that was signed. Everything in the realm of the spirit has ears. You can shout all you want, but if the contract still stays, still states that they have a legal hold, they will stay. Remember I said last week, healing, miracles don't come by prayer. It comes by knowledge. You need to know what to apply, when to apply it, how to apply it to get your miracle. Full understanding of miracles comes from complete understanding of the grace of God that is responsible for it. But let us remember there is a sequence to growth and maturity. I'll dwell here again for a little bit. Tell your neighbor there is a sequence to growth and maturity. Remember our topic. Sin, mercy, and what? Elders. So a sinner became a believer, has obtained mercy, so what makes them an elder? listening to one of, uh, I have many people I I have many mentors, don't mind me Uh, I have many many of them, one of them listening, he broke down he broke down Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 8, you can write that down and read that at your time, we're out of time Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 8, the greatest need of a non-believer is salvation do you agree with me? Someone who doesn't know Christ, what is the greatest thing they need? Salvation. You know what? You your life, did you get my message? Yes or no? Okay, come. Hmm. Please, can you tell the congregation what you're doing right now in school? I'm getting my degree in occupational therapy. Why are you doing it now? (laughs) Let me rephrase the question. Have you been to school before? Yes, sir. So since you've been to school before, why didn't you do this before? Uh, It didn't work out. It didn't work out. When did you start going to school? Uh, This year, January. No. When did you start schooling in your lifetime? When did you start going to school? When I was a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So she started going to school when she was what? A baby. So why didn't you start doing occupational therapy when you were a baby? I didn't have the facilities. <laughs> she didn't have the what? Facilities. no say hi. I'm glad we're having fun, we're laughing. So now let me ask you now, let's bring it home. How many of us have become Christians and all of a sudden we want power, but we left the primary things we needed to learn as believers? Thank you so much, Aniola. We pray for you that this occupational therapy you're doing, you will finish it in high colors. I intentionally called on you because I see a barrier in front of you. But as a congregation, we pray for you. Every barrier standing between you and your finish line, we come against it in the name of Jesus. You started well, you will finish well. From today going forward, every journey you set your heart to start, you will finish it. In the name of Jesus Christ. So how many of us now as believers always want to put the cart before the horse? You just gave your life to Christ. Do you understand the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit? But if you read the entirety of the gospel, Jesus never taught people about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. He focused on salvation. Every time John the Baptist spoke, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. That is what an unbeliever needs unbeliever does not need to understand anything about the gifts i blame myself too because we're all in the body we have misunderstood like my brother said alignment we have we've misunderstood the progressive state of understanding who god is and because of that we have led a lot of people to believe that miracles don't exist anymore because they've applied the principles at the wrong time in their life, and then the principles don't speak, and then they turn around and say, God is a liar. The first thing an unbeliever needs is salvation. The second thing an unbeliever needs, according to Romans chapter 12, from verse 1 to 8, is transformation. That's why Paul says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But if you read verse 1 of there, he was talking about unbelievers. So now that you have come in, the next thing you should work on is the transformation of your mind. The third thing an unbeliever needs after, their, after salvation and their minds have been transformed, what they need now is empowerment. Speaking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the third thing an unbeliever needs to hear after they've come in. Not the first, not the second, but the third. After empowerment, the next thing an unbeliever needs now is character development. Paul outlines it. After character development, guess where they go to? Back to salvation. You see, because every time you complete that cycle, there's a scar on your body to show you that you've completed that class. Amen every time you complete that cycle at the moment of character development the the Lord deals with you in such a way that there's a scar to remind you where you came from and where you are now and that scar brings you back to the cross to remember that you did not die for yourself but somebody died for you and then you start the journey again From salvation you go to transformation, from transformation to empowerment. Now at this level, if you are operating at the level of a measure of faith, now you're operating at the level of a word of faith, because now this is your second time taking the classes again. But it's not a repeat. It's like when you do 101 in, in university, and then you go take 201. You're not repeating. It's the same class. It's the same calculus one, but now you're taking calculus two. It's the same calculus, but it is not calculus like you did in your year one. It is now calculus like you're taking it in year two. That is the same thing with the realm of the spirit. Every level of salvation is different understanding. So first of all, you understood Jesus that was prophesied. That's the first level of salvation. The second level of salvation is to understand the Jesus that was testified. After understanding Jesus that was testified, the next thing you understand now is Jesus... I wrote it down here. Let me not mix it up. Jesus that died. Because Jesus that was testified was Jesus that lived for, for 33 years. That's the testimony. Then we have Jesus who died. After understanding Jesus that died, the next thing we'll understand is Jesus that was crucified. Because you can understand that Jesus died, but if you don't understand that Jesus died, but you didn't just die, but he was also crucified, you miss the entire point of salvation keep in mind, all these things I'm talking about, I'm not talked about power yet. Now, after understanding Jesus that was crucified, now you come to the level of understanding Jesus that was raised. Now, when you come to the level of understanding the power that raised Christ from the dead. Are we seeing the progression? Now, after understanding Jesus Christ that was raised, now you understand Jesus Christ that was glorified. At this level, now you can be called an elder. Because by now, you've taken the course from salvation to transformation to empowerment to character development five times. Now, when people see you, they can see who? Christ. Now, at this level, your shadow can heal people. The challenge is we want our shadows to heal people. But we don't understand Jesus Christ that was testified. That is why the seven sons of Sceva came up and they were trying to prove, they were trying to show Jesus glorified. But then the demons told you, "Jesus, we know Paul, we know you. Who are you?" Because even they understand Jesus that was prophesied. Even the demons understand Jesus that was testified. Even the demons understand Jesus that was that was that died. They understand Jesus crucified. They understand Jesus glorified. So when they see you trying to speak on a realm that you've not taken a class for, they will send you back. God has set everything in his realm that even he, God, does not need to push you back. Everything he has created will push you back to take the class that you're trying to skip. So who are elders? Elders are people who have the the scars and the stripes on their back to show. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 33. Hebrews eleven thirty three talks talks to us about the people who through faith have accomplished great things. Gideon, Jephthah, Barak, David, Solomon, Samuel. And yet, here's the funny thing. Jesus Christ said of all the prophets and all the men of God born before John the Baptist, none of them are greater than John the Baptist. So the feats in your life, the scars that you carry on your body, if Jesus is Christ is saying that no one was before John the Baptist is greater than John the Baptist, the scars you have, do they match those that were, that were born before John the Baptist? You know, well, let's even bring it to the New Testament. The scars you have on your body, do they match the scars of Peter? If Peter were to stand here and his shadow is healing people, can you stand beside him? I understand something in our generation today. We talk about human worship. Human worship is a bad. No. Every man that was created by God was built to worship a God. So the more you become like God, men will worship you. You have no choice. No matter how much you want to set up protocol around you, people don't worship me. No. The moment you are becoming more like God, people will reverence you. Because all men were built to build to worship. All men. That is why Peter can be walking. And all people are doing is, Peter, we don't need you to speak. Just pass over our, let your shadow just touch us. Imagine that were happening, that were to happen in our generation today. That would be the greatest hashtag that will fly through social media. Rude men of God. Very rude. Very proud. Look at them. But they've paid the price for it. They have the scars to show. Amen. I'll wrap up. By telling us this. To experience miracles, we need to understand, not just experience, because now I want us to have the understanding of becoming elders. To become an elder, I need us to understand that the life of a Christian is a journey. It's not a sprint. You can't run that race. In a, it's not a hundred meter dash. It's a marathon. It takes you time. How many of us have watched a, a marathon or like a five k, all those type of things? How many of us have watched it on TV? Do you know how the people running know what time it what, when they're? no... Do you know the, how the people running know it, that they are, they are in their final lap? Huh? Please. Assign. So they just keep running for hours. They are running. They don't know when the final lap is until somebody comes up and says, final lap. so you're running your race, you're looking for the final love, meanwhile God is just telling you, you're just starting so all of a sudden you've given your life to Christ you want to see the same miracles Paul and Peter did or Holy Spirit is telling you guy, you just started how about you know me first live the miracles know me first Life, purpose, assignment, ministry, all those things are marathons. It takes a level of exercise and walking and running to get to where Paul came to in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, when he says, I have finished my race. Paul saw the final lapse flag that let him know he has come to the end. this level now you can say I am fathering somebody. That is how Paul called Father Timothy in the gospel. You ask me how do I notice all these things? When we look at the woman who was healed of an infirmity. The Bible lets us know she had an infirmity for 38 years. She kept going to the synagogue every day. She never missed going to the synagogue, but it was something that happened. Jesus had mercy for her. But here's here's the thing: if you read the verse below it, I think that's in um, Luke chapter thirteen, from verse ten to seventeen. If you read verse 16 and 17, there something happened. Just a little law, guys. Verse 16 and 17 on that verse, the Bible says the, the teacher of the law, the person who was over the synagogue, started yelling at the people, if you want to be healed, why don't you come on the six days of the week? That is not the Sabbath day to be healed. But when Jesus came into the synagogue, only the woman with the infirmity was healed. On that Sabbath day, he was speaking only the woman with the infirmity that was bent over for 38 years, only she was the only person that was healed. The mercy of God can also single you out of the crowd. That is why he says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And why were why, why we talking about sin? Sin is so, is so vital because if we look at the man by the pool for 38 years as well John chapter 5 after Jesus Christ healed him when later Jesus Christ saw him in the temple he says do not sin again which means it was a sin that kept the man by the pool for 38 years too sin as little and as pleasurable as it might look can also hold you down For years on end, one sin cost Moses not to enter the promised land. One. He was good for 40 years. He did not commit anything for 40 years. But one. And he lost it. How many of us sin every day? And we keep praying, God forgive me. God forgive me. God forgive me. God forgive me. But then you look at Moses and say, God, I want to be like Moses. If you want to be like Moses, you will not, you will not, you will not go past the day if you don't change your lifestyle. I went over by thirteen minutes. Board and execs, please forgive me. But did we get something today? Did we get something today? So I would like us to rise on our feet because after speaking on all of this, I would like us to individually pray for yourself. Is there a place in your life that is a secret sin hiding that you don't know about or that you know about? But then you turn around and you're saying, but God, why, am I, why is my life looking stagnant? You don't need the prophet to tell you. The sin is what is holding you back all heads bowed, all eyes closed speak to God now and say Lord please forgive me forgive me forgive me forgive me have mercy on me Lord have mercy on me have mercy on me single me out of the crowd Lord Single me out of the crowd. Single me out of the crowd. Single me out of the crowd. Jesus mighty name we pray. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Some of us are praying and saying, Lord, take away anger from me. Take away anger from me. Take away pride from me. Take away lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. Take away pride of life. Take away all these things from me. But I want us to understand that those things come in the level of character development. And that the Lord will walk with you one challenge at a time. One issue at a time. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to walk us through that process. In the realm of the Spirit, you cannot skip classes. You must take every class you enroll in. So here's the next prayer point. Lord, whatever stage in my development as a believer, wherever I am in my my growth, help me to stay focused. Help me to learn that which you want me to learn. Turn that into a prayer. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.